Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. Give it to me now. I wanna talk about politics, babe. And I wanna see if we have any issues with age. Then I wanna make sure you don't feel jealous to see. Cause that's what happens the week of fantasy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Trashler. How is everyone doing? I'm as fine as I can be, considering I watched four hours of The Bachelorette in one night. Because, well, I was out of town on Monday and I didn't realize until I was halfway caught up on Tuesday that, oh my God, there's another episode tonight. Four hours in one night. The human brain was not made to withstand this. But still, I loved every minute of it. Speaking of fantasy, let's shout out our winner of our fantasy league this week. Grace, duh, who else? Okay, okay, let's be real. There are times when watching and recapping this show is, I'll be honest, a chore. I'm watching it, I'm taking notes, of course. I'm writing down, okay, group date, activity, football, guys take shirts off, Republican guy with brown hair got the rose, blah, blah, blah. But then there are times like this. A moment like this. Where I get so caught up in the show that I forget I'm supposed to be taking notes. I get so caught up in the moment, just so caught up in a good goddamn episode of television. This was it, folks. Yes, it was two episodes. Yes, it was four whole hours. But God, I was hooked. I laughed. I cried. I was so swept away with everything that I wanted to make an actual list for you right now on what went right in these episodes. I'll call this list, Things the Overlords Did Right for Once. Things the Overlords Did Right for Once, number one. I think we spent the perfect amount of time on each person. They let the good dates breathe and the bad dates suffocate as quickly as possible. Erich got a lot of screen time, Zach got a lot of screen time, and Johnny, aka Stuart from Mad TV, He's not ready for this. Bye. We didn't even string it out for an uncomfortable overnight date. Gabby dumped him quick, and we didn't waste time on really anything else. The pacing just seemed perfect, and to be totally honest, I'm not entirely sure what pacing in movies or TV means, but I'm pretty sure it's something along these lines. The good, juicy dates got a lot of screen time, and the fuckboys left quickly. Perfect. Things the Overlords did right for once, number two. And I want to shout out one of my favorite Instagram accounts, at Bachelor Data, for pointing this out. Because I didn't even notice it at first. But after six seasons of forcing all the Fantasy Suite contestants to stay in the same hotel room, the Overlords finally broke their cursed streak and gave the guys their own rooms again. Again, I'm getting this info from Bachelor Data, but apparently that trend started with Pilot Porny Potter's season because the Virgin Maddie was so hung up about sex that the overlords knew they would get a lot of drama if they put all the girls in one room. Then the Virgin Maddie could see Hanan walk in with vicious sex hair. I totally get that, and seeing sweet, dumb Hanarn walk in with no clue how mad she was making Maddie, it was gold. But it was also fake manufactured drama, and they really wasted a lot of time on that in future seasons, too. Finally, everyone had their own rooms this time, and it just made it feel so much more real. Yes, this is a reality show, but these are real relationships, and this episode exists for them to take these relationships to the next level. 
not so the guys can awkwardly gloat to each other like, yeah, safe to say I had a pretty good night. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad we're done with that era. Okay, last thing the overlords did right for once. They left in some really unflattering stuff of Gabby and Rachel. Our leads aren't perfect, and leaving in shots of them being annoying, guys laughing at them, their dress flying up and exposing their underwear, like all of these could have easily been edited out to make the leads look like perfect, pretty princesses. But they weren't, and this just further emphasized for me that these are real people dating. And that's ultimately why I fell in love with this show. It's real people falling for each other. It's not a Disney love story. It's real. And yes, they showed Rachel's underwear in one of the shots. (laughs) I'm not going to repost it because, oh my god, it was so embarrassing. But yeah, someone on the editing team must hate her. So that's the list, and yes, the producers of this show are demonic overlords who monopolized four hours of our time, but they did a really good job this week. It's just like that Godfather quote, Right when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in! Wow, that was a terrible Pacino. Let's get into these episodes, shall we? So we're in Mexico because The Bachelor refuses to cast more than one Latino per season, but loves to film in Mexico, goddammit! Gabby kicks off this episode with the whitest bienvenidos I've ever heard. Let me see if I can fully capture it. Bienvenidos. The girls are talking about how this is the week everything went haywire during Clayton season. And y'all, I realized I am never lukewarm about Rachel's outfits. She's either extremely hot, beautiful, gorgeous... Or, dear God, did she get that dress from the Burdines Juniors rack in 2006? Here, I unfortunately feel the latter. They just touched down in Riviera Maya, and Gabby's wearing this cute, skimpy dress, perfect for a tropical vacation. And Rachel, mmm, Rachel's wearing a dark navy, smocked, dress with giant sleeves, like giant poofy power sleeves. I defended her wearing giant sleeves in Amsterdam, but I thought it's because she was going for this whole Amsterdam tulip theme. I didn't think she was, like, trying out a new look. This dress is atrocious. Like, girl, you're on a beach vacation. Give me some bright colors. Show some skin. And even if you don't want to show some skin, at least give me some color. Not navy. The only time I'm okay with navy is if it's describing Rihanna's fan base. The only thing that stood out to me in this initial conversation between our leads is that they're going through their guys and Rachel says she doesn't know if she's, quote, there with Zach. What? This is the first shadow of doubt we're seeing for her and Zach's relationship, so right out the gate I knew his fantasy suite date was not going to end well. Like, how are you possibly going to give your final rose to someone who you're not sure you're there with by fantasy suites? This pretty much told me that she's picking Tino, 100%. Calling it right now. Well, if she ends up with anyone at all, that is. But enough about Rachel and her 14-year-old piano recital dress. Let's get to our first fantasy suite date, which is Gabby and Erich. Oh my god. Another thing the overlords did right for once. At this point in the show, Erich is the clear frontrunner for Gabby, and he went first. Usually, the clear frontrunner goes last, then the lead has two great overnights with the other two people, then the clear frontrunner has a gasp bad overnight date, so that you go into the finale thinking that the clear frontrunner isn't going to win. It's a reality show trope as old as time. For example, in Drag Race All-Stars Season 5, 
Shea Coulee was the clear frontrunner from the beginning. Like, the second she walked in the workroom first, everyone knew, oh yeah, she's winning this whole thing. But the season goes on, and the challenge before the finale was a comedy challenge, which is one of her biggest weaknesses. So, Ms. Cracker won the challenge right before the finale, so you go into the finale thinking, oh, well, maybe Shea Coulee isn't going to win after all. And listen, did I smoke before watching that episode of Drag Race? Absolutely. I was out of my mind, but I also felt like a baby genius because it just all clicked for me. Oh my god, these reality show producers think we're stupid. It's rigged. It's all rigged. So yeah, I was pretty high. All that being said, that's what the overlords usually do, but they didn't do that here. I'm so happy they put Erich first. They finally switched things up. His day portion was beautiful. They go jumping off cliffs. Gabby asks him to take off his clothes, and he says, happily. (laughs) Okay. Kill me, why don't you? She also asks if he's ever jumped off anything before. That has the potential to be a real awkward, problematic question. Gabby, I'd step away from asking anyone else that. The best part of their day date in Mexico was Gabby's ass being completely censored. Like, she must have been wearing a thong or Brazilian cut bathing suit because they completely blacked out her whole ass area. I was also laughing so hard when they were sitting and her elbow went over the black square and they erased some of the black square to not cover up her elbow. Listen, as y'all know, I used to edit videos for these recaps, and erasing part of a moving black square to show a little corner of her elbow, that takes so long. And I applaud the ABC intern who had to look at Gabby's ass for two hours. I mean, I bet he did that job for free, okay? We get to their night portion, and Gabby's lips look full. They look refilled, if you know what I mean. And they're in Mexico, which apparently has better prices for that kind of stuff. Mm, Okay, I see you, girl. They have a great date, spend the night off camera, have a gorgeous morning. They are so hot, but Erich pours his feelings out for Gabby, and she's obviously not allowed to 100% reciprocate because, well, we're on a TV show. So their morning after ends very weirdly. Basically, Gabby was trying so hard to tell him she loves him through telepathy, but he just wants her to flat out say it and says he thinks she must be confused. It's weird, but mm, it makes the end of this episode that much sweeter. Next date is Avon and Rachel, and I'm sorry, y'all, but I keep forgetting Avon's made it this far. I don't want to blame the overlords for this, but I just can't remember anything distinct about their connection or his personality. I feel really shitty saying this about the one Black contestant, but I think that can't be a coincidence. I just want to be honest about how I think they're editing him. I don't know. Let me know what you think. I thought hometowns would be the extent of Rachel's fakeness, but alas, she greets Avon in the most annoying voice I have ever heard. She literally greets him with, The water is really blue, so I figured we should check it out together. (laughs) Y'all, I rewound this three times because I just had to make sure that's what she was saying. The water's really blue, so we should check it out together. Oh my god, how old are you? Five? Seriously, though, throughout this whole date, she talks like a baby more than she does with Zacartino. Ooh, that sounds like a really cool name for a boy, Zacartino. This whole date, she was like, Do you see yourself getting engaged after this? Are you ready for marriage? Getting on your little knee and proposing? 
But he also acts like a little kid. When he gets the fantasy suite card, he's like, a card? I can open this and read it? Um, yeah, that's what you do when envelopes are handed to you. Am I watching a kindergarten class? They have their overnight date, and she says their night together, quote, It's gonna be hard to top. (laughs) It is gonna be hard to top, Rachel. I heard that. Wait, also a quick thing. So for fantasy suites, we get a day portion, night portion. Then at the end of the night portion, they get a date card from the show's host. That gives them the option whether they want to share a room for the night free of all cameras or go back to their normal individual hotel rooms. So they give the date card to the contestant to open. And when it's the bachelorette as opposed to the bachelor, I really like when the guy opens the card and then asks the lead what she thinks, what she's comfortable with. I don't think that happened once for any of the fantasy suite dates this week. I'm pretty sure all the guys opened the cards and immediately yelled some variation of, hell yeah. It's happened in past seasons of The Bachelorette where the guy opens the fantasy suite card, smiles, then looks at the lead. What do you think? Are you comfortable spending the night together? (sighs) Nobody did that this season, but wait, am I old fashioned for liking this? No, no, no. I think it's just consent, honestly. Like, just letting the woman take charge and make her own decision. I really love when that happens. Really wish they did it here. Ugh, oh well. Next up is Tino and Rachel, which I thought was interesting that we're getting two Rachel dates back-to-back. Rachel says it's hard to switch from Avon to Tino. What's that supposed to mean? Explain yourself, white woman. They ride horses, and Rachel says that she wanted to ride horses with Tino because at his hometowns, she saw that he had a cowboy hat on in a baby photo. Then, she said it again. She said this twice. (laughs) She is brain damaged, y'all. Lobotomized. Then we get their night portion. She confronts him about his mean parents again, and he's like, I really don't care about their approval. And she's like, really? Uh, yes, girl, let it go. He's a grown-ass man. Cheese King Tino opens the fantasy suite card. Rachel answers first, I would absolutely love to go if you want to. Then the Cheese King mirrors her exactly. I would absolutely love to go. (laughs) Like an alien learning how to speak English. (laughs) So Johnny's fantasy suite date with Gabby is next, but... Y'all, I know I'm giving the overlords a lot of credit right now, but earlier this episode, we got a commercial for Bachelor in Paradise, and Johnny was in the commercial. Like, before he was eliminated. It's so funny. Like, I think the overlords are these genius puppeteers. Then they do shit like this. It's like the equivalent of Game of Thrones Season 8 with the Starbucks cup. How did everyone miss that? Maybe they had no idea when each Paradise commercial would air? Still, call up your connects at ABC. It was so careless. I'm trying to think of a valid reason they would have done that on purpose, but I can't. Let me know if you can think of one, though. So yeah, I went into Johnny's date not excited at all. After seeing their chemistry on their last one-on-one, I figured they'd have a hot fantasy suite night, but no. All my excitement for this was gone before the date even began. They meet up on a Mexican beach, and she dumps him almost as quickly as she did Nate. Gabby does seem to be a good judge of character, though, because when she confronted Johnny about not being ready for an engagement, he did say, Life with you would be insane. (laughs) Bye. She wasted no time. Next. 
We cut to the next day, and Gabby gets a card under her hotel room door that says, I need to see you. I'll be on the bridge. Also, can we talk about how this mysterious note is the same exact handwriting as all the date cards? Did Daddy Jesse Palmer write this mysterious note? Or is it a lowly ABC intern writing bad puns and innuendos with Sharpie day in and day out? I just see them in a cramped cubicle getting lightheaded at all the open Sharpies. I study television production for this? The boy on the bridge is, of course, Erich, and he starts by saying he has nothing to say. He just wanted to see her. Then he's like, oh, actually, I'm also sick at the thought of you being intimate with anyone else because it feels like cheating at this point. <laughs> Woo! There we go. There it is, kids. Y'all, I am seriously worried about Gabby and Rachel. Gabby has attachment issues because her mom abandoned her, and Rachel has issues because, well, three guys rejected her rose. Because of this, they both seem to be falling for guys who might end up being controlling. They love the validation, the infatuation, the nonstop support. But both Erich and Tino have exhibited qualities this episode that are yellow flags for me. This is definitely that moment for Erich. And earlier, Tino said, when I'm not with Rachel, I want to be with Rachel. And when I'm with her, I don't want to be anywhere else. I get that both of these things can be considered romantic in an obsessive, the notebook kind of way, but you gotta give your partner space. You gotta let your partner be their own person. I hope Erich and Tino are capable of this and don't let their huge egos get in the way. Despite Erich saying this, Gabby handles it really well. She steps away to collect her thoughts, then points out that they literally had this conversation in the fantasy suite. I hated this so much because it tells me that the overlords really wanted this conversation on camera, so they probably poked Erich like, hey, can you bring that up again? That was really juicy. Thanks. Y'all, we have to remember, they're soulless demons. This episode ended here, so let's continue to Tuesday night's episode, night two of this excessive double episode extravaganza. We're left on a cliffhanger with Erich and move on to Jason, a.k.a. Zen Dennis Reynolds, a.k.a. Zen Dennis Reynolds. They play tennis for their day date, which is so sweet because he used to play tennis in college. That was so unexpectedly thoughtful of this show and showed that Gabby really cares about this guy. But alas, our first inkling that it's not going to go well. She tells the camera that she wants him to spank her with his tennis racket because that'd be hot. She does it to him and he doesn't reciprocate. Dun, dun, dun. I feel so bad for the rest of Zenis Reynolds' fantasy suite because it ultimately ended with Gabby breaking up with him. He tells her that he's too much of a realist for this show and would love to get to know her without cameras. I think this is a totally normal thing to say, but Gabby understandably hates that he's not 100% losing himself and believing in the process. They decide to still spend the night so they can dish it out off camera, and we cut to a perfectly made bed. Either Zenis is a neat freak like the real Dennis Reynolds, or they never touched the bed in the first place. The latter turns out to be true, and Gabby tells us that they talked in circles, and she's ultimately sending him home. On one hand, I was really sad about this. He seemed like a mature, emotionally intelligent dude. But on the other hand, is it just Erich now, right? Gabby only has one guy left? I was really excited about that, but then I remembered Clayton only had Rachel left at the end of Fantasy Suites, and uh, we all know how that turned out. 
Last up is Zach and Rachel, and she is just so, so awkward. They're both so cheesy, but I did love when they were talking about their parents fighting, and he says, they don't really get angry. I don't think I've ever raised my voice in an argument, ever. Wow, Zach. I wish I could relate to this. I raise my voice like literally every single day. Hell, I've raised my voice like four times this episode. This was a cute moment, but then we cut to the morning after and it is, oh my God, it is so awkward. I wouldn't wish watching this on my worst enemy. It was so awkward, so uncomfortable. Zach drinks some coffee and says, that's a good cup of joe right there. I, I love when you could taste the beans. And Rachel goes, like you just chewed them up. <laughs> and he gives her this look like, what? He later tells us and Daddy Jesse that their off-camera time was terrible. He says Rachel was being very inauthentic. Well, actually, he said unauthentic, but I'll, I'll let that slide. He says they talked about religion, politics, and that she was grilling him about his young age, even though she's only a few months older than him. Like, maybe she's just looking for a reason to break up with him? I don't know. It's weird to me that Zach says she was inauthentic off-camera. Like, maybe he just saw the real her and didn't like it? Ugh. We finally get to the rose ceremony, and Daddy tells Rachel that she'll be doing this rose ceremony solo. She's about to give out her first rose to either Zach, even or Tino, but then Zach asks if they can talk privately. This is where the week ends with Rachel, but Gabby, <laughs> Gabby though, ooh. It's been a day or two since Gabby and Erich met up on the bridge, and Gabby then walks to Erich's room to tell him something. She's speaking in total code as to what she's gonna say, but her outfit, chain halter top with a printed miniskirt, honey, that speaks louder than words. That ain't a breakup outfit. She goes to Erich's hotel room and lets him know that he's the only guy left and that she's in love with him. <laughs> he says he loves her and she finally says it back and y'all, it's over. Gabby's made her final pick. Oh my God, I seriously burst into tears at this. They were cuddling on the couch in his room and the way he hugged her, it was so cute. I love her. I love Erich. I love this. I love all of it. Oh my God. Ugh! And then she tells the cameras that all of the arrows and the stars are pointing straight to him. Oh my God, my heart is exploding. I'm so happy for them, but I'm also scared shitless because clearly their story isn't over. Like we have a whole other episode. I am sweating for the finale, y'all. Sweating. We end this monster week with Daddy Jesse in an empty, terrorized set. It looks wild. Like a bomb went off in the mental hall. He says they won't be showing the rest of Rachel's rose ceremony tonight, so we have time to emotionally prepare for next week. Oh my god, it's so dramatic. I love this show. It genuinely seemed like he was preparing to tell a group of children about 9-11. Then, like clockwork, baby, he says it's going to be the, say it with me, most shocking finale of all time. Let's go! Questions, questions, give me the cues, I got a bad case of answering cues. Okay, I'm actually only going to do two short questions today because I feel like I've been talking forever about fantasy suites. Who can blame me? First question, why did I cry at Erich and Gabby's day portion of their fantasy suite date? Oh, it's because I'll never find a love like that. <laughs> Asked and answered. 
No, no, no. You will. If people can find love on a TV show, then literally anything is possible. But yes, I cried too. Last question. Does Rachel end up alone? Damn. I mean, if she ends up with someone next week, I really don't think it'll last. She has a ton of growing up to do and needs to fall in love with herself, you know. I can see Gabby and Erich going the distance, but I think Rachel needs to build her own foundation before she can find a partner. Uh, I feel so bad for saying that, but it's how I feel. Oh, let's do winner and loser of the week. <clears throat> My winner of the week is dick jokes. First, we got Gabby walking into Erich's fantasy suite and literally saying, Oh my god, it's big. Then, Rachel saying Avid is the full package, like the full package. <laughs> big week for innuendo. Big week for, well, big things. <laughs> Boom! My loser of the week is, you guessed it, Gabby responding to Erich offering to cook the morning after with, I feel like I should cook. Why, Gabby? Because you're a woman? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh my god, you guys, we are one week away. One week away! It all ends next week. Oh my god, oh my god, I really can't believe it. Just like Rachel awkwardly begging Avon after having sex with him, Don't forget about me. <laughs> I will beg you right now, don't forget, to follow Trashler on Instagram and on Twitter, both at Trashler. And I'll see you next week for the finale. Bye.